Hello, I'm Michael Dalton, and we welcome you to Prophetic Edge. We are continuing our series on the art of hearing. Today, oh, I'm as excited as I could possibly be. We're going to dig into hindrances to hearing the voice of God. As we've talked before and dug into the art of hearing, many times people will say to me, but I'm just struggling hearing. And we've looked at Jesus speaks to all of us. His sheep hear his voice. We talked about the fact from the beginning of the book until the end of the book, the voice of God is active. We've even looked at that hearing is the one of the five senses that begins before you leave the womb and is the last one active until you return to glory. Hearing is always at work. We talked about the preceding word of God. Now, I want to talk about hindrances. It's important that we look at this because I think many times people don't realize the reason they can't hear the Lord clearly is not because the Lord has decided he doesn't like them. It's not your overwhelming sin. You know, you've got to look at the Bible. God talked to sinners all the time. Uh, It's funny how we say now, oh, make sure you don't do anything wrong or the Lord's not going to talk to you. That's not what the Bible says. Most of the people that the Lord spoke to, Abraham was an idol worshiper when the Lord showed up and spoke to him. Uh, David was, well, David was always sleeping with somebody, but the Lord still had mercy on him. People had mistakes and issues. The Lord was working with them to bring them into a place of purity, but he still kept talking to them. Why? Because you cannot be transformed without his voice. So he doesn't withhold his voice from you When you make a mistake, he increases his voice to you in the time of mistake. For thy word is life. How can you be changed from death to life without his voice? How can your mind be healed and your soul be restored? How can you come back to still waters if not but by his voice? How can you know how to humble yourself and heal your marriage or restore yourself to your children or go back and dig again and the Lord give you water out of dry ground unless it's by his voice? So what is keeping us from hearing God is not the voice of the Lord. It's the things that are hindrances to us around us often without us even realizing. So let's look at a few. The first great hindrance to really hearing the voice of the Lord continually and regularly is a word that most of us know, but we don't even think about. Shame. Shame is a horrible thing. Shame and condemnation never once come from the mouth of Jesus. They are not in the heart of the Father. It is not issued to you by decree from above. Shame is a wicked little evil bug that winds its way into the crevices of your heart, hides in the dark places of your mind, and like a spider spinning a web, catches you at unexpected moments. Shame is a wicked thing. And it is not you that created it. That's why you should not let it stay too long. You didn't make shame. The enemy did. God didn't make shame. Not once did he shame his people. God will convict in order that he might restore, but he does not condemn. So what does shame do? Shame reminds you 
of all of your inferior places so that you might remove yourself from the light and hide in obscurity. Shame will tell a giant killer that there's a giant too big for him. Shame will tell Daniel, you can't handle lions. Shame will tell you that you are not worthy of the love of God, the grace of God, or the glory of God. How do we understand this in reference to the voice of God? Jeremiah chapter 1. The voice of the Lord comes to Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, you are a prophet. You shall speak for me. You have been chosen from your mother's womb. And Jeremiah says, ah, oh, Lord God, I am but a child. Shame. When your identity is ruled by your current reality, that is not you being truthful. That is you being shamed. For whoever God says you are is the only thing that matters in the presence of God. God says to him, this is how we know it was shame. Jeremiah, do not say you are a child, for you shall go to whoever I send you. You shall speak whatever I tell you. You shall be my mouthpiece. Isn't it amazing that the first thing that God always does is tell people, stop saying that about yourself. Gideon says, I I'm too fearful. Stop saying that, mighty man of valor. Abraham and Sarah, we're too old. Stop saying that, for I shall give you a child. The people say, we are not worthy. Stop saying that, for I have chosen you for myself. Moses says, I am a stutterer. Stop saying that, for you are my hand before Pharaoh. What are you saying today that is keeping you from hearing clearly what God has been telling you all along? His voice is not absent from you. His word has not been removed from you. But you cannot hear him clearly because God keeps saying, I'm going to bless you. Oh, Lord, my family's poor and they've always been poor and we can't break out of this. I'm going to use you. Lord, you don't remember how much I have done wrong in my past. The greatest adversary to your promotion is your memory. Your memory is killing your future. Because shame hides in memories. Always think of this. There is no shame in a day that has not yet come. You cannot be ashamed of the future. The future has not yet happened. So all of the shame hides itself in the past. This is why you must let God remind you of new identity. You must believe what he says about you or you will always miss your future listening to your past. So you've got to get rid of shame. How do you get rid of shame? You are who God says you are. End of story. But you don't know me. I don't need to know you. You don't know my story. Don't care. You don't know what I went through. Don't have to know. You don't know about my mama. I'm sure she's a nice woman. You don't know about my daddy. God bless him. If your mom and daddy hadn't got together, you wouldn't be here. But whatever their issues, it's not your reality. Your reality is the word of the Lord. You must trust the word of the Lord. Shame will steal the word. Secondly, the fear of people. Jeremiah, it, we begin again in Jeremiah 1 and 17. The Bible says this, the Lord told Jeremiah, Jeremiah, if you are afraid of their faces, I will confuse you. 
Most people lose the prophetic word or they lose their momentum or they lose their advancing faith. And they go, the devil is fighting me. That's not what it is. It literally means this. The Lord says, when you choose their face above my face, I will let you live in what you worship. Whoever's face you make the most important is the point of your worship. I need you to think about that. When you are afraid of your parents, your family, your culture, your color, your race, your economic friends, the status quo, your reputation, when you're afraid of what people will say or do or respond more than you are interested in the response of God, you have made people your idol. You lose hearing the voice of God because you have shut down his voice and made their voice the most important thing. You cannot ask God, speak to me, give me a fresh word, when in the back of your mind, no matter what God says, I will only do what mama says is okay. You tell God, speak to me and I'll do whatever you tell me, but you are held hostage because whoever your favorite pastor or prophet or friend is, if they don't agree, you're just not going to do it. You've told God, I'll go anywhere you say I should go, but you have some friend who doesn't like people of that color or people from that country. And when they make jokes about them, you laugh out of nervousness and agree. And so God stops talking about those people to you. Why? Because you chose, you chose the voice of your friend above the voice of God. The Lord says, I'll let you live in confusion because you chose them above me. Make the right choice today. If you want to always hear God clearly and never lose that momentum, don't choose people over God. Number three, a hindrance to the voice of God. Now, I hope you're ready for this one. This is one we all have to work on. Offended hearts, being offended, being mad, upset, holding grudges. There comes a point in our lives where the Lord says, you no longer have the right to be offended. I've never seen a day like today. I've never seen so many believers who are just mad for no good reason. I've never seen Christians who just decide they just want to hate everybody. We seem to find banners, bars upon our shoulders, emblems upon our chest. We take it as a sign as though we have won some war when we carry the offense of a brother, the bruise of a friend, and we announce it publicly that we might get people on our side. Jesus makes it clear. Blessed whoever is not offended in me. Jesus says offenses will come, but blessed is he who is not offended in me. What does that mean? That means I am going to, the Lord God is going to put you in places to offend you on purpose. And then you have to make sure you realize if I'm in the Lord and I'm doing it for the Lord, I don't have the right to be offended. On the way to being crucified, the apostle Peter said, just do me one favor. 
He didn't ask not to be killed. He didn't ask to live another 10 years longer. He didn't ask, please tell my wife I love her and tell my kids I've done my best. He said, I know you're going to crucify me. Please crucify me upside down. I'm not worthy to die like my Lord. His offense was not in the dying, in the death, in the people. His one mindset was, I'm so glad I get to share in what Jesus went through. As they were killing the evangelist on that glorious day while Paul stood by holding garments. It says Stephen steadfastly looked up to heaven and while he was preaching the gospel, he saw Jesus standing up. What makes God stand up off his throne? What makes heaven stand at attention? What can make the Almighty stop listening to angels, stop hearing prayers, stop paying attention to all that's happening in the universe and look steadfastly upon one man's face? It was a man who died without offense. Can you live unoffended? Your ear ceases hearing heaven when your heart is offended at earth. Let people go. I want to hear the Lord then forgive. I need God to speak to me. Forgive. I need a word about my business. Forgive. Some of us hold grudges longer than people have held breath in their lungs. They're dead and you're still mad. <laughs> That's crazy. Jesus died for you in your sin. And you won't even forgive somebody for talking about you? That's insanity. You won't lift your hands to worship beside someone who tweeted something bad about you. Yet, we curse God in our hearts, made fun of the Holy Ghost, ignored brothers and sisters, and Jesus died for us while we were ungodly and doesn't remind us of our wrong, not one time. And yet every day we remind God, don't you know what they did to me? The Bible says, when you stand praying, forgive. I truly believe the reason most of us have an ear that doesn't hear clearly and a heart that cannot receive fully is because we have ignored one of the first mandates from Jesus. When you stand praying, forgive. Have you checked your heart every time you open your mouth? Every time I open my mouth, I check my heart. It's called inventory. I have to make sure the heart is clean so that the mouth is free, so that my hands can be full. My great-grandmother used to have a saying, if your heart is free, your hands will be full. God will fill your hands with answers if you empty your heart from offense. Let them go. Let it go. How do we know you forgave? You stop talking about it. If you still bring it up, you didn't forgive. If they still make you mad, you're offended. And let me help you with something. I don't care if it's politics. I don't care if it's money. I don't care if it's about religion. I don't care if they did you wrong and you deserve to be mad. They're evil toward you is not worth you losing favor with God. His favor 
is worth more than my vengeance. Let it go. Just a couple of more. I want, I want you to grab hold of this. Another hindrance to really hearing God is hero worship. Hero worship can kill your walk with God. Why do I say that? I believe there are people who God speaks to them continually, but they cannot hear past the voice they love most. Hero worship. What do I mean by that? All right. There's a little known story or very well known story to many of us, but let's run through this. The Bible says the Lord told the prophet to go and when you go, deliver the word of the Lord. After you have delivered the word of the Lord, do not stay in anyone's house. Do not eat with anyone. Come back another way. That's what the Lord said. The young prophet goes, he delivers the word, and the Bible says the word was true. After he gave the word, an old prophet said to him, young prophet, the Lord has spoken to you. Would you come to my house and eat a meal with me? He said, sure. Hero worship. He loved the attention of someone who had done more than he had. And here he is going into the house of the old prophet. And the Bible says, no sooner had he sat down to eat his meal, he's about to cut his steak and eat his baked potato. And the old prophet leans back and says, and you shall die. What? You invited me to your house. The old prophet says, and you shall die. For the Lord says, you did not keep his word. <laughs> and on his way home, the Bible says, he was riding on his donkey and a lion killed him in the way. And the lion did not kill the donkey, killed the young prophet. So the old prophet came and gathered his body and buried him with honor. Think about this. His gift was right. His anointing was strong. His ministry was proven. In his death, he was honored by senior prophets. The only thing that caused him to miss his destiny, because he should have been the replacement for the old prophet. The only thing that made him miss his destiny, he never let go of loving people more than loving God. Hero worship. The Lord told me something years ago when I first began to walk in the prophetic. He said, there are countries you may visit and I will bless you and I will let miracles happen and there are places you cannot go. He said, no matter who asks you, no matter what they offer you, you cannot go. And he named two of my heroes at that time, heroes in the faith. He said, if they call you tomorrow and say, come to this country with us and preach, you are to say no. I said, Lord, even them? Yes. I said, but Lord, they hear God. He says, they do. And this is what the Lord said. I may tell them to call you to test your obedience to me. Sometimes we get confused because we make the assumption, well, I heard the Lord, but I know they hear the Lord. If their hearing God takes you out of the foundational prophetic words that God has given you, if their hearing God moves you from the foundational integrity you walk in, 
If their hearing God requires you to lessen your standards, lessen your walk with God, ignore your character, then their hearing God is not that they miss God. It's a test. Everybody has to be tested to see if you're worthy of the next level. And many of us miss our test because we're so busy dancing at the thought of being with our heroes that we forgot God told us to sit down and ignore the music. I had a phone call once from people who I absolutely adore, mighty people in God. They said to me after much fasting and prayer, we want you to move to our city and take over part of our ministry. I was thrilled. It was an answer to prayer. At that time in ministry, I was financially not flowing. We had issues happening in other countries and we were trying to help people and they were offering me money, staff, a position, and a house. I said, yes, Lord, you are in this. I celebrate your goodness. You have made it clear to me, this is you. And then I made the mistake of calling my father. I called my dad, who is one of the people who prays for me even to this day. My father is a wonderful man of God. I called him and I said, Dad, this is what they offered me and I'm so thrilled. I said, you know them and I know them. We've known them for years. They're good people of God and they're offering me this. And my father's response was, son, all of that sounds good. If you accept the position, you will become just another American preacher. You will cease being a prophet who changes the world. He said, they're going to offer you what you desire, but what you desire is too small. Don't say yes. Sometimes people have heard the Lord, but they've only heard partially. And so what they've heard from God or what people see in the spirit is only part of your destiny. So hear me when I say this. The reason some of us are not hearing God clearly is because people will build a reality for you that meets their need. People will build a reality for you that answers their dreams. People will build a reality for you that fulfills their own destiny without ever pursuing God to find out what is God saying to you. So you have to be clear in your spirit, in your heart, and in your mind that you will not yield, that you will not let those who you have made your heroes distract you, deter you, or discourage you. Set your vision on the word of the Lord. And the last simple thing that is so important is a hindrance to hearing God. Now, I want you to just take a deep breath is resources or finances or need. Many times we're not hearing God clearly because our need at that moment is so loud. The need becomes the only thing we can focus on. And so we get so caught up telling God what we need, praying about what we need, looking at what we need, that we don't even hear his voice. 
So we miss the leading of God. We miss his direction because all we can think about is, but I need healing. I need my child home. I need this to work. I need, I need, I need. Lord, I need money. We're broke. I need. And the need becomes your only focus. You cannot hear God when you are only focused on what you need. Why? Because to be focused on the need alone is to announce to God at the very beginning of the conversation, you forgot he was your supplier. I don't care how much food I need. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I don't care how much healing I need. He is the balm in Gilead. I don't care how much joy I need. He is joy, unspeakable and full of glory. He is the very answer you're looking for. So you must remember the source to all resources is God. Now, if he is the source to all resources, then when you talk to him, him giving you a blueprint becomes easy. But if you don't believe he's your source from the very beginning of the conversation, your entire ear is always distorted. You're listening for an answer so intently that you miss God and you begin to look in other places. What does that look like? The Bible says when the prophet, the prophet is now in his chamber and there is a man who is coming to him for healing. There's a man named Naaman who was a leper who had not heard of the prophets of Israel. But a young girl says to him, sir, there is a prophet. He hears her and he goes to find the prophet. As he goes to the prophet, the prophet says to him, through a servant, go dip in the water seven times. I don't want to dip in the water. This water is muddy. I don't like this water. Now I have a need and my need is a healing. But the key to my healing is a process I don't like. God will always speak a process that humbles you on the way to restoring you. <laughs> and if you refuse the humbling, you throw away the blessing. So many of us keep saying, I need to hear the Lord clearer. And the Lord says, no, you don't. You just won't agree with the thing I told you that humbles you. You won't agree to do the thing that would make you look unimportant. You won't agree with the thing that makes you lay down your reputation. You won't agree with the thing that won't give you the platform, the stage, the public view. You won't agree. I said the key to you being known in nations is go and minister to the homeless and don't put it on Facebook and don't tweet it and don't share it with everyone. The Lord says the key to your healing is calling family members and apologizing for being a downright stinker for years. But you don't want to do that. 
The Lord says the key to you having peace is forgiving the people who have wounded you. But, oh, I'm not going to do that because they don't deserve to be forgiven. The Lord says the key to you having joy is to get over your need to be right all the time and let go of the bitterness. But I refuse the humility and the humbling because I'm convinced this is an unnecessary requirement from heaven. God, if you really love me, just give me what I ask for. And the Lord says, he's not after, hear me, God's not after your healing. He's after your heart. God is not broken, wounded, or sad that we have a condition in our body. Why? He knows he's the healer. He knows in one instant he can make every cell in your body suddenly restore, rejuvenate, and revitalize. God knows in an instant he snatches out cancer and puts in a brand new heart, lungs, tissue. God knows in a moment he can restore your mind, lift the trauma, heal you. So that's not what's weighing on God's mind. The only thing that God is looking at is will you let me form Christ in you? Paul said, till Christ be formed in you richly. So what is stopping us from hearing God? We won't humble ourselves. The desire for our own need, the need for us to be the center of attention, the great desire to share the stage with God. Ah, my dear friend, you cannot hear the king while you're still trying to be the king. <laughs> Only one can be on the throne at the time. God has invited you to sit beside him, not sit above him. When you sit with Christ in heavenly places, let me help some who are listening. For many people now teach the edification that God has given us, the lifting, the kingdom mindset as though we are equal with God. Let me be clear. When Christ says that you are equal with him in the sense of who he has made you to be, always remember, nowhere does it say you're equal with the Father. Nowhere. No one is equal with the Father, but the Son and the Spirit. Jesus, in his redemption, made us co-heirs with him. But no one is co-heir with the Father. He is King of kings, Lord of lords. To hear him clearly, you must remember, you must bow your knee. Let your head go low. Let your heart be yielded. Let your mouth be closed. And let your only answer be yes. The king will talk freely to sons who obey. The king will talk continually to servants who build. But if your only answer is, Lord, but I, 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 need, 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 my way, my way, then the Lord will let you live in the world you build until it burns to ash around you. And in the ashes, you'll realize he's still standing there saying, I'll still talk. If you're willing to listen, the Lord is good. His words are true. 
And he loves you more than you think he does. Lord, draw us in. Wherever we are hindered, wherever we have loved money, resources, people, wherever we have focused on shame, fear, and regret, wherever we have let anything else become louder than your voice, I pray for all those listening that the Lord will strip you down piece by piece from all unnecessary garments, from all armor he did not give you, and from all identity he did not birth in you. And may you stand before him so simple that all you have is, Lord, I give you me as you have given me you. I hear you. I trust you. And I will go. Go in the yes of God. For the Lord is for you, not against you.